my bottle of water here. I'm sure I'm going to need it. Yeah, that one's more. <coughs> I went to the doctor the other day. He said, you have allergies. I said, really? Makes you feel good to know that you come back to an area that you grew up in only to have allergies to it. Okay, how's that sound? Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed uh, uh, the conclusion of our morning Sunday school hour. If you all would like to have uh, links to either one of the uh, the song or that one uh, section about the sheet coat, let me know and we'll get you uh, that email uh, or at least give you access to it as well. Uh, there's so many things that we enjoy uh, when it comes to the things of God. And you know, really, this time of year, as sad as, as we may want to say it, is about the only time that we find all the arguments and all the strife and everything else when it comes to uh, what, the, what the scripture has to teach in regards to uh, the birth of Jesus and everything else. And so, I, again, I, I try not to just focus on it, but I just feel like it was a need uh, at this particular time, and I prayed about it, and the Lord laid these things on my heart, and I hope you'll bear with me. Let's take our Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to continue on where we left off a little bit earlier today, though our slides and our, our videos and everything are done. I'm so sorry to say that. Uh, you know, sometimes a, a picture says a thousand words, and uh, it really helps us out. And, I, I, you know, let's put it this way. There's a lot of good information out there. There's a lot of information that's not. Uh, why Israel rejects Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, believe it or not, we're going to hit that. Lord's willing, that first point. But there's so many prophecies that are written in the Old Testament. There is no way that we can get all the prophecies concerning his birth in one or two services. The reality is, is that, you know, like Brother Randy pointed out, and, and, and really I never thought about it, Brother Randy, the way you brought it out. During the middle of the service, so we went in the back, and uh, he was talking about the high priest. Why didn't, why, why wasn't Mary stoned to death? I mean, she should have been. Well, she had an advocate. It was called the high priest, Zechariah. And you know, the reality is, is that he was a priest, and he had the responsibility to protect Mary as well as anything else that was going on. And if you really want to see a great testimony, read what he said about John. He knew John was going to die early in his life, he knew John's testimony, and when John came on, he would start off, and thou child, and thou child, comma, meaning I'm addressing my child, and I want you to know, dear baby, that you have a responsibility to do. Well, that's not our sermon. Our sermon today is going to continue on with the, the birth of Jesus, part number two. We want to go to Matthew chapter two, looking at verse one. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that thou hast born of the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. By the way, we want to get into this one particular area today about how many people saw the star. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to be important for us. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled with all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded them where Christ should be born. Didn't he see the star? Could he not see the star? 
All right. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art thou not amongst the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor, and shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when thou hast found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the, the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the heaven, or in the, excuse me, when they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let us pray. Again, Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to stand before the congregation, and I pray, Lord, that we may use this opportunity wisely uh, and to help us to gather the things that are written in the Scripture, and, Lord, that we might have confidence that the one that we, we serve, Jesus Christ our Lord, is the one true Messiah. He is your only begotten Son. He is the one that we have believed in. We trust the very written word of God as we have it before us. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to gather these things together, that we may be faithful in all that we say and do, and may we rejoice in thy name. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. <coughs> I'd like for us to begin in a strange area. Let's go where, if you will, hold your place here, and let's go to 2 Peter, and let's go to chapter 2 for a moment. And I want us to look at a particular verse that we're very comfortable with, and we know very well. 2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 1. We're going to read a second passage. We just read about the wise men as they entered into uh, Jerusalem. There they were to be met by the king. But I want you to look what it says. This is the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us and the apostles of the Lord our Savior. And Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking about having their own lust. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? Boy, don't we hear that a lot. Don't we hear that almost every day that we walk upon the earth? I mean, whether we have people that believe in an amillennial position, they don't believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ, they believe it's already occurred. But this was written long after Jesus had, had been crucified and ascended up into heaven. This was long after, in fact, if I was to say so, it would probably be in at least 60 A.D., okay? For since his fathers fell asleep, and all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that was then, being overflowed with water, perished. 
And the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant. Now, that's what we're trying to ward off even in this congregation. I don't want us to be ignorant. And the thing is, I love learning. I'm 68 years of age, and I still haven't gotten all my learning done, okay? Of this one thing, that the day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. Boy, underline that. If that's not underlined in your, in your Bibles, it should be. The Lord is not lack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, as we look at this particular passage, I want us to... I know we're doing a little bit of a Bible study, but we're also doing a, a real application that we can have confidence that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Now, everyone that is here says that they trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. I, too, believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And when I see all the things that happen concerning his birth, it brings into mind those things which are evident and those things that I have confidence in. Every time <coughs> I see the word that it might be fulfilled or that it should be fulfilled, it reminds me that these are things that are written to help me understand the Old Testament had to be fulfilled. Now, if I did away with the New Testament, now let's just stop there for a moment. If I did away with the New Testament, and I only dealt with the Old Testament, I would be very much like the Jews. I would be looking for the coming of Messiah. But you see, there was one thing that, that they have to give an account for. And that is for every false teaching, whether it was drummed up by the, 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 the Pharisees or the high priests of the time, they have to give an account for all of that. But may I point this out to you? We also will give an account for everything we've not studied ourselves. Now, I know this, is that I'm getting ready to ask you to do something we did a year ago. I know, now everybody ready for this? Next week, I'm going to ask you all to read your Bibles through. Now, most of you will read your Bibles through annually. It is a good practice for us to read our Bibles through because many times the things that we think we know, we don't know. And we'll come up with something, you know, it took me about five times to read through the Bible before I came across that one passage where there was a battle in which singers did all the, all the fighting. And God won the battle for Israel because singers went out ahead of time. i never seen that before. I read over it, but I never did a letter of thought. But do you, and some of you are like, well, where's that written in the scripture? Anyway, more things than I want you to understand. The more that we have from God's word, and the more we assure ourselves of his confidence, the better off we're going to be. Now think about this. We have had a quiet spell for about 2,000 years since the canon was purified and, and it was organized by, by John the uh, Apostle. But now I want you to think about this for a moment. If John is the last one to write these things, and we have all the confidence that the New Testament is true, then do you realize that the Jews have not heard anything since Malachi? They have refused the truth since the book of Malachi, and they're dealing with old materials. 
But how blessed it is when it says in the scripture that they shall look on him whom they pierced because now the revelation is going to be true and we're going to see how well that goes from there. Now, I bring these things up to you because the reality is we see this wonderful precision that we're seeing in the word of God in regards to the, the, these wise men as they come from the east, meaning around Babylon and those areas, and they make their way to find the, the one that they've been told about. Let's take our Bibles, let's go to the book of Daniel. Now, I know we're not looking at the prophecy portion of this, but in Daniel, we want to take a look in chapter 7, all the promises that were first given to Daniel. Now, understand, at the time of the writing, Daniel understood the things, <coughs> there I can get it out, Daniel understood all the things that were given to him by the Lord God at the very beginning. He was allowed to see these things, even though he was looking for the coming Messiah, he was looking beyond Messiah, and he was allowed to have a little glimpse of the future after Messiah. He lived during the time of the Babylonian Empire. He's already gone through Nebuchadnezzar. He'd gone through Belshazzar. He'd also gone through, if you will, now at the, at the crux of Darius. And notice that in chapter 7, verse 1, in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, meaning the, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed when he uh, wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. Now, all these things were, were, were bothering him. Why was these things happening? Well, let's go down to Daniel chapter 7, and let's look at verse, if you will, verse 9. Let's give me verse 6. And after this I beheld, and lo, another, like a and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now, understand this. Daniel had seen the power of he watched the mean Persians come into place but he had also seen if you will and we're seeing this right now the dominion that was going to be Alexander the Great do you realize Daniel never lived during the time of Alexander the Great but Alexander the Great was going to give birth to another group of people that we can see in verse 7 and after this I saw in the night visions and behold a fifth when he saw the vision see all of this, Daniel said, man, now it's all starting to come together. It took almost 80 years of his life for all this to come together. Almost 80 years. How many of you all have children? <laughs> a whole of our lives we have, right? But it, look at this. It said, and it, uh, it devoured and break in pieces and stamped out the residue of the feet of it. And it was diverse from all 
and nations. And I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom And the ancient of days, meaning Jesus of Christ, Jesus Christ, did set, and his hair and his head were like the flame, and his will is the burning fire. Now I want you to get this. Daniel struggled to know every little thing about the Word of God. And you know the reality is I struggle to know certain things about the things of God. And as God allows me to write and to learn and to grow, the more amazed I am. Not too long ago, I had a challenge that was given to me. And the challenge was to bring it into perspective, the very things of God. But then I come into this one question. Am I certain that the word of God is the true word of God? And it was not long after that that I began to get a, a, a little bit of a uh, from prison, where my son is, down in Danville, and he said, Dad, there's a young man that wants to know more about the things of God. I can't give books to him. So guess what that means? I've got to write a book. I don't like writing that much. Especially if I have to come up with ideas that I thought I'd put, you know, put aside and everybody's already settled upon. But for this young man to get the truth, he's going to have to have a book. Well, guess what? Timothy did it to me again. He said, Dad, I want you to remember this other young man. He said he came out of Satanism. And he's got all kinds of questions. Can you do this? But do you realize the more the demand is, and I want you to think about this for a moment. Is God able to save the prisoner? Is God able to save amongst us? And not only that, but when those people are saved, what are we going to do with those individuals? The reality is, I want them to have the same confidence in the Word of God. I want them to have the same assurance that the things that are written in God's Word are His Word. Now, how many of us have ever taken the time to really understand that this period of 400 years of silence, and Daniel brings this up, that there's going to be a period of silence, and that's why chapter, uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 8 is all about, because it says, and it's going to do something strange in that it, there's going to be a tremendous silence. Now, at the end of Malachi, we hear 400 years of silence to the beginning of Matthew. When Jesus was born upon this earth, now all things have come to pass. And if you think there was a quiet period, I want you to get this down, down pat. It was during the 400 years of silence that a lot of these things that Daniel speaks of happened. Do you realize that the Greek Empire, followed by the There would be an author what we would call the Maccabees. I'm going to show you something. I don't know how many of you all have seen this before. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. And I want us to go down to verse 22. 
<coughs> now, I, I want you to get this. All right, tell me when everybody's there. I'm going to watch you all. All right, in, in John chapter 10, let's go down, if you will, to verse 22. And it, and it was at Jerusalem, the Feast of the Dedication. Underline the word Feast of Dedication. And it was winter. Underline the words, it was winter. Do you know what the Feast of Dedication is? Hanukkah. How many of you knew that? That is Hanukkah. And it was there that the Lord did something amazing for everyone. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. In other words, he could have gone into the temple as God, but he didn't. He just walked on the outside. He wasn't welcome on the inside. And it was about this time that Jews round about him and said unto him, How That is your religious ones. That's the high priest. That's your Pharisees. Because they would not be a part of the celebrations that others would have. And it is there that Jesus brings the greatest message of all. And that's called eternal. things by God's grace. But do you realize that I can't do anything unless God gives me the abilities to do it? I cannot wire a motor, brother. Sometimes I can fiddle around with an engine, I can make it run, but I can't do much more than that. But look what it says. But you believe not because you are not My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know who I am. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You're not following me because you are cistern. He was probably born in a cave. We don't know. For me, and do you realize that even the shepherds didn't realize what they had on their hands? They were watching sheep, but there is the sheep. There's the lamb. There's the one that they should be looking for. Look what else it says. I give unto them eternal life. And they
redeemed because he shed his blood for me. Now, everybody get that? And then he promised, you believe in me, I will give you eternal life. But wait, there's more. My Father, which gave them me. Who, who gave Jesus to us? The Father did. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. But even for more, John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him... Wait a minute. What are we going to believe? His Word? Yes. His life? Yes. His death? Yes. His burial? Yes. His resurrection? Yes. His ascension? Yes. He's coming again. He's not in a manger. He's not on the cross. We should embrace what He has done for us. But more than that, the Father said, I have revealed Christ to you. And you are in my hand. And no man is able to pluck him out of my son's hand, out of my hand, and according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Man, that's a threefold salvation. Isn't that cool? Now, what's this? The reality is, that, and the whole purpose that I wanted you to see this, was what Daniel did, and let's go back to Daniel. This time I want us to go to chapter 1. And then what Daniel did, you've got to understand something. First of all, there Now I want you to look at this just for a moment. Let me make sure that I'm absolutely right. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, well, we can go to verse 3. But notice what the king asked of the Jewish young men that were being brought in. And the, speed, and the king spake to Athanaz, the master of his eunuchs, and he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes. Now that's pretty, pretty high demand right there. Children in whom was no... You know, people look at me, and I'm, I'm full of blemishes. I'm not talking about just my skin blemishes. I'm talking about my sinful blemishes. And praise God that they've been paid for by the blood of Christ. Well favored. In other words, there was something about these individuals. When you looked at, when you looked at Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and Daniel, there was something about these individuals. Look what else it says. Skillful in wisdom. And cunning in, cunning in knowledge. And understanding science and such as had ability to then to stand in the king's palace and whom they may teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. I want you to get this for a moment. Nothing is worse than to someone to say, I'm just an old ignorant preacher. You know how I know that? Because it was perceived that Peter and John were ignorant. But they took an account in Acts chapter 5 that they had been with Jesus. And do you realize the more that we're with Jesus, the more wisdom comes out of our lips. The more...
up here. And again, I've just got you a whole new place all over place. Let's take and let's go to Psalms chapter 8. And I'm going to show you just an application of how that wisdom had its place even on someone's deathbed. Now, I think this was Captain Moray that had this happen to him. And he was really feeling very, very sick. Many people thought he was going to die. And in Psalms chapter 8, he asked his wife to read this psalm to him. So, Brother John, I want you to get it, that every time that a psalm is read, there's something important. And in verse 8, he heard these words, And the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. He said, Stop. Read that again. And she read it again. No, no, no. Read it again. And she read it very purposefully again. He said, I've got to get better. I've got to find these currents that are in the oceans. That was in the 1800s. Do you realize the nautical maps that he created by discovering the currents of the, of the seas are still being in use today? And do you also realize when we understand the current, the flow of this current, it speeds up the travel nautically wise by more than 30 days. That's pretty amazing if you ask me. So I want you to get this. These men understood science. They were cunning. They were wise. And there was a cherishment that was there. But now get this. Daniel would pass on this, in, this information to white men. Let's turn back, if you will, to Numbers chapter 24. Again, I'll try to have you out here on time, so just bear with me, okay? Numbers chapter 24, and let's go down to verse 7. Make sure I'm in the right place. No, I'm in the wrong place there. Let's see. Make sure I'm in the right place here. I may have to look at another section here. it when I do that. Let's see. In Numbers chapter, I said it was chapter 7, 24 verse 7. Oh, there it is. And he shall pour water out from his buckets and the seed shall be in many waters and the king shall be higher than Agag and his kingdom shall be exalted. God bring forth him out of Egypt. He hath it were the strength of a unicorn and he shall eat up the nations by his enemies and break their bones and pierce through his, uh, through his arrows. I still am not where I want to be, but that's okay. Uh, let's go to verse 17. And I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. Now, how many of us have ever looked in verse 17 and saw the word star? Now, look at what it says again. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob. Now, this star is the one that Daniel truly believed in. Now, imagine this. Here comes this Daniel, and he begins to put all these things into perspective. And as he brings everything into place, he begins to teach all 
primarily in Babylon, and there in the, what we would call Mede Persian, and so on and so forth. And he begins to teach them these ancient rules and these ancient laws that depict Christ. But do you realize that one of the sciences that they learned was what we call astronomy? Not astrology or anything like that, where they, they said, oh, you've got to be guided by the stars. I don't believe in that garbage. But here's the thing. He said, I want you to look at this. And in Psalms chapter 19, and we've read this as well. We, matter of fact, I didn't have this as my original design when I was looking at this. But in Psalms chapter 19, and verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day under day, uttereth speech, and night under night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So here is Daniel, and I don't understand it, I, can't, I wasn't there, but he began to explain them to them that the Lord's star is going to come out of the east. You're going to see it. And can you imagine, and I want you to think about this for a moment, there's a lot of arguments that are out there right now about when Jesus was born. I don't know. But the reality is, is that it says that his star was seen. Now we do know that it says that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And so I have no doubt that the virgin's, the virgin's star was seen in her relationship. Now this is me thinking, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. But they saw the star. Why didn't everybody else see the star? Because it was in the heavens. Do you realize I don't study the stars? Now my son Tony, he has to study the stars. I remember when he was younger that he began to study the constellations and, and what was amazing to me is that he really fell in love with the starships and all the different things that were there. But the thing that I looked at as he was studying these things, he would explain to me certain aspects. And he said, this star had to be amazing that came out of the Virgin. A new star, a new place. Now, not too long ago, I was at Greg's house. And uh, it was this, uh, this past summer, it had to be. And as I finished up, I walked out on the front porch and went, On the eastern horizon, there was something different. Two really bright stars. And I said, Greg, come here, come here, come here. Come here, Carla, 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 Carla. Come here, you've got to see these things. I said, what is that? And you know what their answer was? I don't know. And I thought, well, surely they'll go away right away. And I drove all the way over here to Cerrito, and I came into the church building. I looked on the, on the eastern horizon or the western horizon, and I could still see those stars. So I got on the internet and started popping it up and said, you will see two bright stars tonight. One is Venus, one is Jupiter. And they will continue to be there for a while. Now, imagine this. Those two stars caught my attention. But what if these wise men were able to see the star of Jesus Christ at the very beginning? Now let's go back to Matthew and see if I'm not right. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. And it said, in those days came John the Baptist, chapter 2, let me go to chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. How many wise men? I would say a whole lot more than three. 
I would say there had to be a caravan. And the reason is, the caravan would have protected the wisdom and the precious cargo they were bringing with them. They had set on a journey about two years ago. And they knew that that journey was going to be pretty rough to get across those desert sands. And it said The star drifted down and it hung right over top of where Jesus was when the shepherds were there. Let's go to Luke. Let's look at chapter 2. And in Luke chapter 2, let's see if, that, if that's the case. <coughs> in Luke chapter 2, <coughs> verse 8, And there was, there was in the same country shepherds <coughs> lighting in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord there's the sheep coat. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Here's the thing. A lot of people want to combine these two, the star of the east and this and the glory of the Lord. It's not the same. It's not the same. One is up in heaven. One is on the earth. Look at this. For unto you is born in the city of David. The city of David is not Jerusalem. That's the city of God. That's the place of peace. The city of David is Bethlehem. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling claws, lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was, a, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory! In the past, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, oh, well, that was something, wasn't it? That was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Now look what they said. Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. I'm going to stop there. Because here's the thing I want us to all see. If you are here today and you're saved, you are saved because God has made, you know, made it known unto you who Jesus is. If you're saved here today and you know that you have been a product of his calling, well, guess what? That is all a part of God's revelation to you. I didn't have to look for the stars. That was the promise of his coming. I don't have to wait for these wise men to show up. 
because I know the more I read the scripture, the more I have confidence. And here's my next confidence. And I want to conclude with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And go down to verse 13. This is my present confidence. And if you don't know this today, then I feel for you. I pray for you. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that they sow no hope. I'm going to die. Maybe, one, maybe on the next morning, I don't know. I'm going to pass on. But when I pass on, it's only for a short period of time before the Lord comes and gets me. How do I know that? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, this is, if we believe this, if we believe this, even so, them also which are asleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For then, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. They're going to receive their glorified bodies. Look what it says in verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. All of those that have gone before us, those in the seas, those that have truly waited for the things of God, they're going to come out. Look what else it says. And instantaneously, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. How fast can we get to, to Jesus Christ? And you don't think there's going to be a heavenly rejoicing then? If you don't know Jesus Christ, get it straight. This is the promise. And we shall meet the Lord with the, in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And you know what's beautiful? I'm comforted by this. Verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I haven't seen a star, but I believe his word. I've not seen the sheep coat, but I believe his word. I believe that he died, was buried, and rose again. I did not see that physically, but I believe his word. And the day is going to come where I, no matter where I'm at on this world, he shall say, come up hither. And in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, how fast ever that is, I don't know, I shall be with him. No longer having to fight sin, no longer having to fight decay, no longer having to fight the world's concerns, I shall be with him. Let's pray. Father, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to preach thy word. I pray that it will be a help to us all today, so guide and watch over us. Use these messages as you see fit. In Christ we pray. Amen. Brother Randy, if your sister and Brenda will come.